Welcome to the Church at Rocky Peaks downloadable messages and podcast. This week we have a special message, one that, as you'll hear later, parallels our current series on Paul's first letter to the Corinthians that we call Changing the Way You Think. Today's message is appropriately entitled Transitions. Well, good evening. Well, today is going to be a little bit like the late show, you know, with, um, with Letterman or Leno. That's sort of our model for this show, uh, and it might go till about that long, too. So just uh, just warning you, uh, what a crazy week this has been. Uh, we're going to be, uh, today we're going to be doing things really different. Um, we're going to be doing uh, interviews, we're going to be showing a little movie, we're going to be doing a video clip, uh, we've got some uh, more singing and special music and so on. Um, it has just been uh, a crazy week, and I'm sure most of you have received the letter by now. If you're first time to Rocky Peak, we don't do this every weekend, <laughs> uh, but we have two of of our brightest and best who uh, God is calling to a new place. And, uh, and so we just want to celebrate these, uh, these warriors and these families that have given so much to our church. And, um, and so we got that letter to you out this week. Um, and I'm finally, I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad the news is finally out there because we've been seeing this coming, you know, for the last couple months, not really sure. And, uh, and so we've just really had to hold off because it wasn't until this week that all of it came together and, uh, Brent and Elaine, Stan and Robin made their final decisions. And, uh, they'd come to me a few weeks ago and they said, Mike, could you please just not, you know, could you hold on to this information because we're not really sure. We're still, we think God is leading this way. We're not really sure. And so we want to make sure before we do that because we don't want to undercut our leadership here if God's, if we're getting it wrong, we're supposed to stay. And so I said, okay, I'd hold it. So it's been one of those secrets that's hard to hold, you know, but uh, we wanted to honor them and do that. And so ever since that, um, we knew that this was a possibility, which you go back a couple uh, months ago, especially... Um, I kind of visualized the night where we'd have together here on the first Saturday night and then tomorrow the two services where we'd just have a chance to interview these guys and for them to share their stories firsthand on what God's been doing in their life. And so we're going to be doing that today. I'm going to, we're going to, I'm going to uh, have in just a second, I'm going to have Stan come up. We're going to talk to him about 10 minutes, let him share his journey, what God's been doing with him. Uh, then we're going to show a movie uh, Brent's, you know, Brent put together uh, with Jason Rodriguez for this 168 uh, film festival a few months ago. They did a special short movie called The Day of Reckoning. And if you've read my letter, you know a little bit about uh, what God's doing in his life. We want to show you that to give you a feel of the future that God's calling him into. Um, and then we'll also be, I just want to do a real brief message. It will not be a normal length at all, and not even close, but uh, on transitions. Obviously, this is a big time for us as a church as we go through a major transition, and a big time for them in transition in their life. So I want to share some thoughts on that. And then we're going to have the elders up and pray for them and make some presentations and some more special music. And so it really is going to feel a lot like Leno. You know, it's just kind of... So I'm not just kidding. So uh, anyway, so uh, we're going to start off with uh, Pastor Stan. Stan, would you come on up? Let's give him a... Now you got to savor this one. (laughs) Savor it. Do I have a mic here? Oh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, there we go. Great. I just told him to savor this. <laughs> savor this moment for those times when he's a senior pastor and he wish he wasn't. <laughs> yeah, not that I know anything about that, but anyway. Uh, uh, okay, so, so Stan, uh, well, let me get a little closer here. I'm not used to do the Leno thing, so we got, right. we got wheels on these. I don't know if they're like, uh, you know, these are like walkers that have been converted or what. I don't know. But, uh, but anyway, <laughs> we roll off the stage together. At least we're going down together. So uh, why don't you just uh, take a few minutes and share with us your journey, uh, what God's been doing. 
Well, first of all, you know, just especially want to say uh, how grateful I am to have been here at Rocky Peak. And, uh, you know, it's, it's fascinating to know that uh, Brent and I, of course, started on the same Sunday in uh, 2000, September 1st, 2000. And, uh, you know, what a ride with, that we've been on together. And, uh, but you have been amazing people. I, I just, you know, continually say that every pastor should be so blessed to have a congregation like this to serve within. And, and when we came in 2000, you know, our task or assignment was to see this church become a church of small groups. And, uh, uh, it was, it was, uh, we, we had kind of a rough start as we got this thing going. But, uh, we have had so many amazing people just step up and say, okay, train me, equip me. Help me to, to know what this means for our church. And uh, our elders have been absolutely amazing men to work with. And I honor them. And I'll go to battle with them, you know, take on the gates of hell with a squirt gun, you know, if we need to. Because uh, these have been just great godly men. And then to see you pray through things, 24 hours of prayer, 40 days of prayer, uh, gathering together purpose-driven life, uh, seeing everybody take ownership uh, for ministry, even when we did not have a pastor. I just say, you have been an amazing congregation to serve with. And, uh, you know, I do say that. Every pastor should be so blessed. Well, about two years ago, you know, right in the middle of, of uh, you know, uh, a lot of stuff going on here at the church, uh, I had a friend that began to say, Stan, uh, uh, I want you to become an executive pastor up in a church larger than ours in Northern California. And I kept telling him, no, no. Uh, you know, you're doing the national search thing, you'll find somebody, uh, you know, and he continued to pursue me and ask for six months, Stan, as I wrote the job description, you were the guy that I wanted. And, uh, and so he did all the search, came up with all the people, and he still kept coming back. And so my wife and I and family were heading to Alaska to go see our oldest son. And I thought, you know, this is a good time, 7,000 miles of driving, you know, we drove there. And uh, this would be a good time many of those long drives to pray and to think and to dialogue. And we came back, and, uh, and really the two things that the Lord impressed upon us the most was, one, our job here at Rocky Peak wasn't completed yet, and that uh, God still had more for us to do. And, and I believe that. I've, I've never wanted to leave a church if things were a little bit shaky. It's like when things are solid and in good place, that's, that's the time to say, okay, Lord, is there another assignment that you have? And the second thing was that God was not calling us, uh, calling me to be a, an executive pastor, but in His timing to be a senior pastor. And so we began to pray, and uh, and and the timing thing was really important. One for Rocky Peak here. We also have a daughter that just now is graduating from high school, and we just said, Lord, if it's Your will, if You're preparing a church, we would love it to be in such a timing where Heather could graduate from high school. And we also have a son that's in eighth grade, and so he's preparing to start high school. And we thought, you know, Lord, we know your timing is not always our timing, but if you open the door, uh, if you make it possible, we just would love it if it was this summer. And, uh, and so we began to wait, we began to pray, and, uh, and ask that God would begin shaping the heart of the church that he would have us to go to. And I, I really, you know, God continued to put that burning desire to preach and to be a senior pastor. Many of you have been so gracious to say, you know, like I had, uh, uh, I think Polly down here last week said, well, when are you going to preach more? You know, are you going to preach more? And I said, well, yeah, I'm going to be preaching more. <laughs> and you're going to be hearing more about it, you know, coming up here. And, uh, and so uh, uh, just trusting, you know, God. And, and what's fascinating is this church I'm going to tell you about in a minute, uh, they began praying two years ago that God would begin to, to, uh, to create an unsettledness on a pastor that God would be preparing to go there. You know, so it's just fun to see how God orchestrates all of these things. And so, um, 
So in December, um, we found out about this church, and uh, it wasn't really until January that the process started. You know, you you, you talk. They have one of those conference calls where where they're all in a room, all these people on their search team, and they're asking you a lot of questions. And you know, I'm trying to throw a little humor in there, and you can't see these people, so you don't know if their eyes are rolling at you. You know, <laughs> what's this crazy guy? And uh, uh, but then you know, we went through the process of meeting the search team and and uh, getting to know them, their elders, their staff. They were all. 100% supportive, desiring us to come. And so, uh, and then it all cultivated, uh, cultivated last weekend where, uh, you know, you have the, just like we did here with the candidating weekend where you have a town hall meeting. They ask you lots of questions about, you know, really important things. And, and of course I would defer to my wife and have her answer all the tough ones, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, but, uh, uh, meet with the leaders, meet with the elders, meet with the, the staff. And then, uh, and then of course, was able to preach at the church, and then they had a uh, uh, you know all church. Well, had a barbecue and more Q and A, and then that night they had an all church meeting where they they gathered together to vote uh, and ask us to come. And so they put us up at a bed and breakfast. It was our 29th anniversary last weekend, so uh, we were up at Nevada City, up in the the mountains up there, uh, just kind of waiting for the call to see uh, what would happen. And so uh, the executive pastor called and. Uh, I mean, the, the chairman of the elder board called and he says, uh, well, Stan, we've, we've uh, got the tally of uh, votes and, I, and uh, I want you to know that it was 100 percent. And uh, and I said, well, that's too much, you know, and he said, well, I can I can change my vote if you want to, if it'll keep you coming. And uh, and I didn't realize, but he was on the platform at the church at the time, you know, talking to me on the phone. And so all the people are out in the congregation, and then he says, and the, the church wants you to hear something, you know, in, in unison. I couldn't exactly hear exactly what they said. I'll still have to find out what it was, but it was something like, welcome, <laughs> I mean, something like that. <laughs> but, uh, but they were, and then they broke out in applause and screaming and, and hollering, and it was just so good to hear on the phone. And that's, that's part of what we've been praying for. I mean, over and over again, the thing that the church has been saying is, is that we just need leadership. The church is full of good people people that love one another and love the Lord, but they just need leadership. And if you know me, many of you know me, is that uh, I love to train and equip leaders. I love to equip people for ministry. And I've always felt like my primary job is to help people be successful at what God has called them to do. And so uh, it's just been amazing to see God open doors and to see that God has been preparing this congregation. And uh, and for me, I just, in my heart, I've, I've felt, you know, where the Apostle Paul says, woe is me if I don't preach the gospel. And so there's something about digging into the Word of God and feeding the flock that uh, that uh, I just feel like, you know, this is what God has uniquely prepared me to do. And and I'm excited about that area. For one thing, there's a Bible college about a mile from the church. I talked to one of the students, and, and he said, oh, I, I said, I just have such a heart for interns and training people for ministry, for pastors and missionaries and, and whatever. And he said, oh, there are so many students there that just, just would love to be a part of an intern program. You'll have no problem finding people that way. And then the area is uh, Rockland, city of Rockland. And uh, the area is just a, a fast-growing area. There's probably 12 builders that are actively building homes in that area. And so uh, one of the pastors said, Stan, there's so many people moving into this area that even the dead churches are having a hard time dying, you know, because there's just so much going on. 
And, uh, and so he said, this is just like the promised land. And, and, uh, you know, we need strong churches to really minister to these people. And so, you know, uh, they call it the new Silicon Valley. HP, Intel have moved out there. And so there's all this growth. It's almost like everything has been built in the last eight years. And so the church is such that, uh, that they're just, they've just bought 20 acres of land. Uh, I appreciate, you know, Dwight Ham said, Stan, well, you need to talk to them. They need to buy more land. That's not enough, you know. <laughs> you need to have bigger vision. And, uh, and I love that support and encouragement. And, uh, and then they have about, uh, five million dollars, uh, that, that they're gonna have to be able to build something and, and in an area that's really the growing area of that region. And so, you know, to, to meet with the elders, to hear their heart, they really wanna be a, a shaker and a mover, you know, in terms of a church in that area. And they, they really need leadership. They, you know, these good people, quality people, uh, but just have been praying that God would be preparing a pastor to come and lead them. And so, uh, as hard as it is to leave, I mean, this is the hard part, is, is the saying of goodbyes. And, uh, uh, the other thing is just, you know, I, I thank God for Mike Yearly, because from the very beginning, you know, we've had this dialogue to say, well, Mike, I'll put everything in place just as you want it to be put in place, but I can't promise you that, you know, I'm the guy to, to be here long term. And so we've been able to process this whole thing in an open fashion. That's not always the case in every church. You know, not every church can you have that kind of a freedom. But Mike has just said, you know, it's like we're a bunch of college guys just trying to figure life out and trust the Lord and God will make it clear, you know. <laughs> and so uh, so I, I really honor Mike for that because that's that's not always that common. I mean, sometimes if you say, well, I'm not sure I'm going to be here. I've known some pastors that will give you two weeks notice as soon as, soon as you say something like that. And so we just see ourselves really, in essence, being like a church plant, you know, going out from here and uh, taking everything. I mean, you have loved us. You've loved me and my wife, my kids. You have marked my children in the youth, youth department, children's department. And we are so grateful because the genetic code, the DNA of this place is going to go with us. And that's why we need your prayer. We need your support and encouragement. And our desire is just to say, Lord, take what we've experienced here and, and uh May we be used to be a blessing and to, to pass the blessing on up into Rockland. And, and some of you, of course, want to know, well, where exactly is Rockland? Well, it's uh, if you go up to Sacramento and turn right, go east, uh, it's right on your way to Reno. Not that many of you would know where Reno is, but, you know, uh, uh, so it's up to North Shore Tahoe, that's direction, right off of the I-80 freeway. So let me stop right there. That's great. You know, I've said um, so many times that... Uh, I think it's true for Brent and, and Sam, but, you know, touch on Stan right now that uh, the the ministry that is called Rocky Peak now and, and, and any success we're having in the whole area of life groups is really is based on all the groundwork that Stan's done the last few years. And I know for me personally, it was one of the things that just felt like when I came, it was a fit because he had already done the heavy lifting. And so as we move into our future, I know life groups will become even a more a part of who we are as a congregation, even a bigger part, but we will always look back uh, to the, the guy that made it happen. So, uh, thanks, Jeff. God bless you, Mark. I'll bring you back here for a minute. You can go ahead and go down. Yeah, just leave that here. Okay, uh, next we're introducing uh, a new movie producer, and, uh, and, and before we bring him on to The Tonight Show, we have uh, one of his short movies that he produced with uh, Jason Rodriguez here from Rocky Peak, and it's called The Day of Reckoning, so we're going to watch a little bit of the movie.
Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Stop it right now! Jack Farman? Who's asking? Are you Jack Bomber? I will answer that as soon as I know who it is that's asking. The name's Dawson. That name sound familiar to you, Jack Bomber? William, get, get on inside. Take your sisters with you. State your business. My business is to settle my brother's account. The debt is owed to him for his spilled blood, caused by you with the support of five others whom I've already done my business with and discharged. And that brings me to you, Jack Bauman. That time's long past. Past is never far behind us. The debt is owed and the debt will be collected. I have a family now. As did my brother. You have one night to say goodbye to your family, Mr. Bauman. One night to put your affairs in order and lament the fact that's more than you afforded my brother. Tomorrow's your day of reckoning. Bring her on the road, watch her fall the post. Ashes, ashes, you'll You should have told me. This isn't your life anymore, Jack. This is our life, our children, our future. We gotta get out of here. It will do no good. We can leave right now. No. Look, I'm not just going to sit here. You'll kill us all, Andy. He'll kill you, me, and all the children if we run. You hear me? He'll kill us all. But if I face him, he won't harm you or the children. How do you know? Because I know what kind of man he is. Oh, God, why now? I thought this was all behind me. It's not behind you. It's right in front of us. There's no other way, Annie. This is what I need to do. I killed a man. And now I'm... How could you do this to us? How could you kill a man? Jack, that's not who you are. That's who I was. That's who I used to be. You need to beg him for mercy. You just have to tell him that we're not going to... done. There's nothing left to say. There's nothing left to ask for.
החיים. Papa, you're not like that. You're good, Pa. You're good, right? We all make choices, son. Choices we wish we never made. Choices we live to regret. You live a good life, William. You do right by your ma, by your sisters. You do right by others. And you make the good choices. And now, I have to face what I did. I don't want you to die, Paul. Well, it's time to get some sleep. Come on, I'll tuck you in. God, I know you're with me. I know you're watching over my family. I know what I deserve. I just ask one thing. Please watch out for my family. Please, I beg of you. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. For thou art with me. I'll never forget I love you. I'll never forget. Let's get this done. I need to say one thing. One thing that needs to be said. Say it now. Before I die, I need you to know 
need you to know I'm sorry for what I did. For taking your brother's life. For taking from you something that I can't give back. Before I die, I ask you for your forgiveness. Do what you come for. Your debt is cleared with me, Jack Bauman. You need not fear me coming again. Why? No others asked. No others received. Welcome our own Steven Spielberg to the stage. (laughs) So... Wow. Wow. Uh, before, looks, good. looks good. Yeah, it does. Wow. I love it up there. It looks better than on my TV. Yeah. <laughs> I got a nice TV. Yeah. Um, first of all, I just want to say thank you to Carl Ridley. He's playing guitar. He composed all the music for that film. And uh, Steve Grubbs is singing this weekend. Did all the audio. Wait, 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 wait. All the sounds you heard, the horses, that he did all that. That wasn't really there. And uh, uh, the fact that I got to work with Jason Rodriguez was awesome. He goes to church here. He's directed this film, amazing director. And um, there's so many others. John Van Dyke, he was helped with the dogs. And so many other amazing people from this church. So that's like half the, all the cast, but one was from Rocky Peak. So, I mean, God, just, just thank you, uh, Rocky Peak, for helping making that possible. It was really cool. <laughs> well, why don't you share with us a little bit of your story, your journey, and... Uh... How you got from there to here? Sure. Well, I haven't been conspiring to leave as long as Stan, so... <laughs> just kidding. Um, I, I probably was about... <laughs> just, just kidding. It was about a year ago, um, that a little more than a year ago, that I had, um, I had a meal with a, with a friend of mine, and um, we were just talking through life and, and decisions that we were making for our futures, um, uh, and uh, he, he was sharing uh, just some passions and desires and, and goals that he had in his life, and, and they were all um, in the uh, film... Uh, 
directing and writing um, arena. And um, so I said, well, you know, I will pray with you about that. And, and, but in the meantime, well, while we're praying, I love to write, and, and I'm really a bad songwriter. So um, maybe I can write something besides songs. So um, we got together, started meeting every Monday night, and started writing just some, um, some uh, screenplays. And um, and out of out of that, um, just God birthed an amazing relationship um, with uh, uh, with him, and uh, uh, we uh, found that we really work well together. And um, and so he would come over to our house, and and you know we would write, and the kids would give ideas, and Elaine would give ideas, and it was just a real great time to kind of help the process get started for me. Um, and then he went to New York to do a film in the fall of last year, and while he was gone, I just real. Felt this um, this call of God in, in my heart that I was being really short sighted with this. It just wasn't about writing screenplays. It was about um, pr- putting together a production company that would um, redefine what family friendly entertainment is supposed to be about. Mm. Of course, I have three kids, and so um, I watch what they watch, and uh, some of it horrifies me, and some of it, um, you know, I'm, I'm okay with. But um, and and so I as as God and I were dialoguing about this, I said, "Well, God, you know, you open up the phone book, and how many thousands of production companies are there? There are there in this area?" And I felt like God was so clear in saying to me, "Brent, it's, you don't need to worry about anything but being obedient. And if you are obedient, then I'll take care of the rest." And so it was so scary because you know I've been a pastor my whole life, and pastors don't really know business too well. So, uh, um, well, at least this pastor doesn't know business very well. I just sing and do this stuff up here. So, uh, so we started really praying together. I called John. He was in New York, and he said, "I've been thinking the exact same thing." And so God really had been, been doing something in both of our hearts to prepare us for this. And so um, we started to just pray about it and go down this road and and. Um, figure out what a business plan is all about and how to do that. And, and so long story short, you know, February 1st of this year, um, Not By Sight Entertainment um, was birthed. And um, it's based from the verse, walk by faith, not by sight. And uh, we feel like that's what God's called us to do, and it's been that journey completely from the beginning. Because um, we don't even know what tomorrow is going to bring, but we're going to walk by faith and not by sight. And um, so along along that road, um, Jason Rodriguez came to me and said, will you produce this film with, with me? So... Um, I wrote the script with him, and then um, we co-produced, and he directed, and it was just an amazing thing to, to take that film, because um, I had never had any film experience mm-hmm. before, and how God put this in my life just at this moment, as we're birthing this production company. Mm-hmm. John's background is way more film, and mine is much more stage production and more music, so that God would give me this opportunity to f- produce a film and write a film like this that um, won five awards at the at the film festival, and um, came real close to winning best film. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a huge, a huge, <laughs> great. great thing. So. <laughs> and uh, along this, along this, while this is all happening, um, uh, Elaine and I were, were were praying about what God was doing with us here at Rocky Peak mm-hmm. because um, I, I grew up here, you know, from third grade on, and this is this will always be home for me and for us. Um, and so we, we we were trying to figure out what God would want us to do. And so we thought, well, even if we step back from full-time church ministry, our family will still be here, and, and we'll still worship here, and it'll be weird probably for a while, but we'll still be here and, and uh, transition into a different role. Um, and then in January of this year, I had lunch with um, a roommate of mine from Azusa, and he uh, is the lead pastor of a church down in Orange County. And we had been trying to book lunch for six months uh, forever, and that just happened. It was in January. And my goal was to go to this lunch and tell him all about um, the company and to say, you know, who do you know that can help us out? You know, we're, we're, we're getting this thing going and we never even got to that story because he said along the way of this lunch, um, I'm, I'm looking for someone to come to my church and lead our creative arts ministry at our church. Mm-hmm. And, um, and Matthew and I, um, I mean, 
you know, we were roommates for two years at Azusa, then we graduated, and then we lived together as roommates for another year before Elaine and I, well, before I got a better roommate. And um, <laughs> nothing against Matthew, but uh, she's way better. Um, anyway, um, and so... Uh, I'm so glad to hear that. That's good news, huh? It's really making me feel better. It's, it's, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a good thing. Um, <laughs> anyway, so... Uh, you know, we, we share so much of the same vision and so much of the, of, of the same passions because he was the music pastor there for 12 years at the church. That's, so he was, he, he's been there for 16 years at that church. And so he was the uh, music pastor for 12 years. And so we basically did the same job. And then he became executive pastor. And then their church went through a very similar situation that our church went through. Um, and um, he was gone for about two years and then came back on staff. The elders came to him and said, will you come on be our lead pastor? So he came back about two years ago, I believe it is, as the lead pastor. And um, then he hired a full-time teaching pastor that teaches with him. And so uh, he asked me to come join their staff. And at first we were like, well, there's no way because we're going down this road, you know. And then the more that Elaine and I prayed about it and really sought, uh, sought after what God had for our hearts, we really felt like God was asking us not to do either or, but to do both and. Okay. And, um, so we really prayed through that because, uh, it's, it's taking on a lot, you know, and, um, but, um, so, uh, that, that's all that decision making process is, is, is going along. And then, um, we get a call from, uh, um, through a, through a friend here at Rocky Peak to go pitch a few of our stories for, um, our, for Not By Sight to a production company here in Woodland Hills. And, um, and so we went there and had this pitch meeting and I, this is my first pitch meeting where you throw out stories and ideas and they go, <laughs> or they go, okay, and you leave and you go, was that good? I don't know, it felt good to you. Did it feel good to you? Okay, it felt good to me. <laughs> and then, and so we, we did that, we, we threw out four stories, and then uh, they said, well, call us tomorrow and, and we'll talk. And so the next day we got in touch, and, and they said, we really liked your stories. In fact, we liked them so much, we'd like to offer you a, a two-movie deal, and we're going to give you half the money, and we're going to um, guarantee you worldwide distribution. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and... And I'm, I'm, I'm driving in my car and I'm going, right, yes, mm-hmm, right, uh-huh, great. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and, uh, and so, um, and so we're, we're in the process of raising the other 50%. Um, the whole, the whole cost is about five million and so we have to raise two and a half million for those two films. And, um, the neat thing is the other investors who are putting the other money for this production company, they, um, they're Christian businessmen from Hawaii. And so, um, both films have to be shot in Hawaii. <laughs> Uh, uh, <laughs> really kind of stinks, I know. Yeah. But um, but the but the neat thing is that God was doing this with these guys way before we even got in the picture, and so to, to be able to work with other believers is going to be a neat a neat journey. And so um, we're just trying, we're waiting on God's timing for that. Tell them what church they come. Those they believers. come from a church called New Hope. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. You know, Life Journals. You know? <laughs> Life Journals. We do there. Those guys yeah. go there. That's yeah. and it's like one more tie-in. Good uh-huh. to be. So that was that was just an amazing thing. So we're praying for God's timing on that, and then. Then um, when we did Jerusalem AD this year, um, at the last um, the last day on Good Friday, there was a woman here who um, who has taken tours, taken shows from Broadway and produced them in their national tours, and she was here um, for the six o'clock show and was totally blown away by the show, and um, met with uh, John and myself and Jan Roper a few weeks later, and um, we we're in the process of planning a ten week a ten city tour, ten week tour of with Jerusalem AD in two thousand seven, so that's just another amazing <laughs> thing. Uh, now uh, we we have that. Uh, we we you just finished a trailer. We did just finish the trailer actually yesterday. Okay, so let's let's roll a trailer on this.
what Frank Pastore and others are saying about Jerusalem A.D. I was very moved. I cried. I literally cried. It's very creative. I've never gone through an artistic performance like this where you are literally part of the set. Jerusalem AD. Johnny Erickson Tata shares her experience. As I um, sat on the edge of the crowd, the Roman soldiers, they were shouting at me to move back. It was really as though I was a visitor of Jerusalem the day that Jesus was led to Calvary. I'm telling you, it was so stunning, so alarming. journey, the passion, the pain, the triumph. You become a part of the crowd that faithful week, walking the streets of Jerusalem. Jerusalem AD. Being there gave me a deeper appreciation for all the events of that incredible Good Friday. Jerusalem AD, a live, interactive journey that immerses you 360 degrees. AD. You are part of the experience. You guys got to come see Jerusalem AD. <laughs> Just let me give a disclaimer. Elaine will not be in everything that we do. <laughs> Your family's got job security. <laughs> exactly, I can we see. do. It's great. Yeah, I mean, if God would let me have a part in telling His story like that, um, <laughs> amazing, amazing, it's so cool, it's so cool. So, ten cities you're looking at, Hopefully, possibly, yeah, so and like, what would be some of those cities? Well, we don't know yet, actually, because um, because Jerusalem is so unique and that there's no seating and it's interactive. We have to find the theaters that will sure. accommodate that. So, so once we're not we talking out, like Chatsworth, Van Nuys, you know, right? Uh, yeah. Probably more like Chicago and there you go. Cleveland there you go. Yeah. and Good. you know. Dallas yeah, and things great. like that. So, yeah, other cities. <laughs> Des Moines. You know, we'll get okay. <laughs> well, you know, um, as Shan has laid just a, such an amazing foundation for us in life groups, uh, what Brent's done at this church in so many ways, um, it just laid an uh, amazing foundation for us, and, and especially just the heart of worship that you've brought to our church. And uh, I've only been here a year, but I love that about you. And it's been a tremendous privilege working with you. So let's, let's give it up for Rob Britt. I love you too. Oh, what a day. Uh, 
I just want to share a few thoughts for you. Then we're going to bring the guys back up here with their wives. We're going to pray for them. And, and uh, then we'll do our final things. We have some special music at the end and we'll be done. But I uh, just want to share a few thoughts. With the inside of your bulletin is a message note sheet called uh, Transitions. And you'll notice it's much shorter than normal. I'm not going to be talking a long time. But I just want to share a few thoughts. This is obviously a big time of transition. Um, in a time of such uh, mixed emotion. You know, I, for me personally, uh, I've been here a little over a year, the privilege of meeting, uh, of knowing these guys. When I first came in, we sat around a table. And I said, guys, this is the way I like to do it. I just want to do life together. Four guys, let's see what God does. And it's been an amazing year. One of my favorite memories of this year, with so many memories, <laughs> one of my favorite memories, we went up to Mammoth. It was the first time we went to Mammoth together for like a three or four day planning retreat. And so we, we go up there and, and uh, just a good time. We would go out to breakfast every morning. We went out to this favorite place. And it was out, we were sitting outside. And there was uh, this waitress that came up. And it, was, you know, it looked like she'd had a rough morning. And so, uh, so we decided, we took it upon ourselves. We're going to cheer her up. And so, um, so she, we start talking with her, engaging. And she starts warming up. And you know, she's feeling better. And this is, so where are you guys from? And we said, we're from L.A. And she says, what do you do? And we said, well, we're not going to tell you. We're going to make you guess what we do. And uh, she said, what? And we said, well, here's what we're going to do. We want you to go away. We're going to come up with four storylines. We're going to come back. We're each going to tell a story of who we are. And, and then you're going to decide who do you think we really are of these four storylines. She looks a little perplexed. And then she starts getting into this. Like, okay, okay, I can do this. And so she takes, she takes our drink order. And, and so she comes back and we launch in. And before she left, before she left for the drink order, she says, well, one thing I know for sure, I know you're not cops. And he said, why? Why is that? She said, because you're way too nice for cops. <laughs> and so she goes away. Well, Dave, Dave uh, Cox reaches in his pocket, takes out his badge, his LAPD badge. <laughs> he, he, stretches, he puts it in front of my plate. <laughs> and she comes on back and she sees that badge and she starts freaking out. She's like, oh no, you're not cops. I can't believe I said that. Oh no. And, we're like, no, 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 we're not really. We explain who Dave is and what he does and so on. And, and she says, uh, okay, I'm ready to guess. We said, we're not ready for our stories yet. You need to go here, take our orders and then go. So she finally comes back when she says, okay, I'm ready for your stories. I said, okay. And so I started off and I said, well, you know, actually we're, we're venture capitalists and we're up here. Uh, we have a lot of money to invest and Mammoth is booming in terms of real estate. We're looking for investment projects. We're looking for properties. She said, okay. And I went to Brent, was next on the table, and he said, well, actually, you know, we all work at a large church down in L.A., and we're like four pastors, we're up here on a planning retreat. She goes, okay. Next person is Dave Cox, and he says, well, actually, we're in the, we're in the entertainment business. We're, we're movie producers. We're up here checking out some sites for some f- from future uh, films. She okay. And then it was Stan's turn, and he says, well, actually, we work for a biotech company. We develop uh, new medications, and we're up here uh, studying the, uh, this particular drug and how it responds to at elevations, how, how people respond on elevations. <laughs> and, um, and so she's like totally perplexed at this time. You, know, you can just tell she's just like, she's got that deer in the headlights, like, like I don't know. And so she says, can I have a minute? <laughs> and he said, Sure, just take your time, you know, take your time. And so she goes away and she brings our food back. She can brings another waitress. She says, she wants to play the game too. <laughs> well, he said, okay. <laughs> and so so she, they, they're both looking, they're all perplexed at everything. And finally he says, okay, well, here, here's what we think. We think you're the pastors. 
And we said, oh, that's pretty good. You got it right. How'd you know? She said, well, first of all, you're all so nice. We didn't think you'd be the other three things. <laughs> she said, but it was a little hard because she said the three of you, and she says, you know, she points at Stan and David. I said, the three of you look kind of similar, but he looks really different. <laughs> and Brent at that point had the long hair, you know, it's coming down his face and everything like this, you know? And she says, yeah, he looks really Euro. Oh, and so, so many good memories over this year. I mean, so many times of laughter. Uh, I told the guys the other day, a couple months ago, and this is coming up, we went out to lunch at the Habit, you know, my favorite place. And, uh, and so we're going on the way, and, and Stan, he's, uh, He's in the, he's in the early stages of interviewing at this church and it looks like it could be going. And, and so he talked to, to them and they're in a particular denomination and he's, he's explained us in that denomination that the way it works is that when they, a new lead pastor comes, ever, all the other pastors resign. They tender their resignation. And then if he wants to call them back, then that's his prerogative. But they all just resign. And so we're driving along. I said, well, that's really cool. You guys had that same agreement. You just waited till I was here a year to do this thing. So, uh, so uh, anyway, a lot, a lot of great memories. But, um, you know, at times like this, they're so hard because, you know, we're excited for the guys. We're excited for their future. We're sad for us. It's time of, it's kind of a bittersweet time. And I just want to share with you, when I think of transitions, there's like three words that come to my mind this week. It's like, what do I want to share with the body? Because obviously, huge transition for them. It's a big transition for us. And so three words, okay? And there in your note sheet, just, you know, fill in some blanks to give us a little organization. It's number one. The first word is hard. (laughs) Transitions are hard. Uh, they, they just are. Uh, transitions are all about change, and change is hard. Um, and I think when Jesus came, uh, you know, even when Jesus came, people had a hard time with him because he was just so different, you know? He just, he didn't do things the way that they'd been used to doing things, and it was just, they really struggled. He told them a story one day to help them kind of get their hands around this and about this whole change thing. Some of you may have remembered, it's a story of wineskins, and he says, you know, he says, you know, the way it works is, is um, when God's doing something new in your life, it's kind of like um, he's, he's making new wine. And he says, you know, what, the way it is new wine, you, you can't put new wine into old wineskins. When God's doing something new, it's hard. You have to adjust. And he said, because if you do, you put the new wine into the old wineskins, what happens is those old wineskins, they're fully stretched out. They're expanded as far as they go. They're, they're brittle. And the new wine's going to continue to ferment, and it's going to expand out, and it, w- it will explode those wineskins, and you'll lose the wine, and you'll lose the wineskins. And so he says, um, I, I know this is hard. You know, change is hard, and, and I understand that. And then he made this statement. It's there on your note sheet. I want you to see this. He says, and no one, after drinking the old wine, wants the new. For he says the old is better. What he was saying is that change is hard. It's just hard. You know, it's hard. We get used to it. And God comes into our lives and he says, I want to do something new in your life. And we're like, huh? You know, it's like, I don't want to go there. I don't want to change. And this is a hard thing. It's been hard for Brent and hard for Stan and their families as they think of leaving a place that they love, a place where they're secure, a place where the future is solid to go out. It's a hard thing. It's a hard thing. It's a hard thing for us. I was thinking about, uh, for Lynn and I, we just went through this about a year ago, except that we were on the other end of it. You know? It's such a bittersweet thing. Everyone was so excited for us, but they're so sad for them, you know, for, for North Coast. 
And so we're going through that. It's a hard thing. And I guess one of the things I just want to say is sometimes in Christian circles, we don't do this, we don't say this well enough. It's just, sometimes it's okay to be bummed out. You know, they, there is a time, you know, in Ecclesiastes, it says that there's a time for everything under the sun. There's a time to laugh and there is a time to weep. And sometimes those things go together. And I just want you to know, it's okay to weep right now. That this is a hard thing. We're losing two warriors who have led us well through some amazingly difficult times. And if we're not sad when they go, there's something wrong with us, right? And so we don't have to put on a smiley face and just be all like, oh, whatever, God's will is great. You know, sometimes we just have to give ourselves some space, right? We have to give some some space to grieve. And so number one is that it's hard. The second word that comes to my mind when I think of transitions is the word growth, and uh, what I found in my life, and you probably found it true in yours, is that when God wants to grow us, that he often brings change into our life. He often takes us through a hard time. It's a transitional time. You see this in the Bible. Think with me. Moses had to leave for Joshua to lead the people into the promised land, right? For them to grow and move on, he had to leave. Elijah had to leave so that Elisha could come and do twice the miracles, um, John the Baptist had to be arrested and beheaded so that Jesus could be elevated. Um, Jesus had to leave so that the early church, the Spirit, could come. And in one of the big transitions, the New Testament, in Acts chapter 13, we're told that five of the pastors of Antioch were together, and they're praying, and they're fasting, and the Holy Spirit speaks, and he says, I want you to take two of your brightest and best, Paul and Barnabas, and I want you to send them out on a new calling in their life. Two of your top pastors, I want to take them out of the church of Antioch and send them out. And they went out, and they planted churches, and the Gentile churches, and because of that, you and I are here today. And because of that, we have 13 letters in the New Testament from the Apostle Paul. We're studying 1 Corinthians right now. And so many times when God wants to grow us, it requires a transition. Uh, for Brent and Stan, they could have stayed here, could have been safe here, solid here. You know, life is good. And yet God's called them, Jesus has called them to get out of the boat. Remember at the beginning of this year, I preached a sermon and said, 2006, are you ready to grow? And one of the questions was, are you ready to take a risk? And sometimes God calls us out of the boat. I didn't know that two of my key guys were going to be answering that call. But I'm proud of them for taking that step. Because they could have taken it the easy way, but they will never grow to be the people that God has called them to be when he's calling them if they stayed in the boat. See? And they're, they're And you know what? Rocky Peak will never be the church that God wants us to be if they were to stay. Because when we stay, when God says go, nothing good comes out of that. And God has an amazing future for them. He's got an amazing future for us. And he knows these things, and he's calling these guys out. And that leads to the third word, and the third word is confident. When I think of transitions... The first transition that always comes to my mind in terms of the Bible is Moses and Joshua. This time where, and it was hard. Uh, you know, Moses had, had led them for 40 years. That's 10 years longer, more than 10 years than Rocky Peak has been in existence. Can you imagine how traumatic it would be if you'd had a pastor for 40 years at this church? 
who was leaving. It's hard. It was hard for Moses because he wasn't going to get to go to the promised land. It was hard for the people because they were losing their leader. It was hard for Joshua because he had to step in the shoes of an amazing guy that he was following. And so God shows up and he speaks a word into their lives. It's there in your note sheet, Joshua 1.9. Be strong. He says this to Joshua and to the nation of Israel. Be strong. Be courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And that's his word. That's his word, San Yun Robin, uh, Brittany Lane. That's his word to you. And that's his word to us. And, you know, uh, the last couple months have not been easy months for me. Um, this is not the way I would have drawn it up. It's not the way I wanted it. But God has been so incredibly close. And there's been certain times in my life where God has just really stepped it up in terms of his communication with me, his personal communication, his word to me. One of the most amazingly supernatural times in my life was when I came to Rocky Peak, that three or four months, when God was so incredibly clear with me that I'm, I'm calling you to leave the place you've grown up, the place you've been for almost 50 years. I'm calling you to leave the church you've led for 20 plus years, and I'm calling you to go lead another church. And that was one of the times when God was really clear. But can I tell you something? The last six weeks have been equally clear. And then God has come to me over and over again and saying, I'm calling these out, and I'm calling others in. And Rocky Peak is in the palm of my hand. And all things will be most well. And I want to stand here as your pastor and say, as honored as I've been to work with these guys, as I'm convinced as I am that God is calling them out, I just want to let you know that the best days of Rocky Peak are ahead. Not because they're leaving. <laughs> but because I've told you from the day I've come here, God is on this place. And he's our leader. And we plant and we water. And God brings leaders and God takes away leaders but it's not about us. It's about what he's doing. And he's up to something very special. And I want you to know that from my heart. Now, I'm going to ask these guys to come up here with their wives again. And I'm going to ask some of the elders to come up and join us. You know, a couple months ago, when we began this journey with them, it was just really great. We, uh, the elders had a retreat planned. And so I told the guys, uh, Brent and Stan, I said, hey, I just want you to share your stories with the elders. Just share what God's doing. And, uh, and so we took about 45 minutes for each of them to just share their story. And, of course, at that point, we didn't know if they were going or not. It just looked like the chances were getting high. And so they shared their whole stories. And, and it was just amazing. At the time of bonding between us as pastors and our elders, uh, just a beautiful time. And then we prayed together and the elders laid hands on them to pray that God would, whatever God was doing, it would be clear. And, and God has answered that prayer and they have absolute clarity. This last week, uh, I talked to both. I haven't talked to wives, so I, I'm trusting your husbands are telling the truth, but, <laughs> but, uh, of absolute clarity. But, you know, we want to have this chance together as a congregation, as Acts 13, as the church of Antioch laid hands on them and sent them out. We see these as um, apostles, as um, emissaries of Rocky Peak. We're not losing them. We're sending them out in the name of Rocky Peak, these new ministries. And we look forward to seeing what God's going to do. 
whether it's up in Rockland or we're all going to be sitting at the theaters watching dog shows, you know, from the, you know, dog movies that, uh, first movies about dogs, right? Okay, both have dogs. All right. So we're going to be going, uh, I know that guy. I knew him when. <laughs> uh, so um, anyway, uh, just want to, uh, so we have a microphone up here. Okay, great. Um, we're going to pray for them. And I'm going to ask Dwight Ham, who's the chairman of our elder board, if he would just lead us in prayer as we lay hands uh, on these two couples. Just pray for their future. Would you join us? Uh, would you stand with us, in fact, and if just maybe raise your hand out towards them symbolically as we as a congregation send them out? Okay, let's come before the Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, we, we just want to thank you and praise you for what you're doing in this church and through these lives of your dear, dear servants. Lord, we just thank you for Stan and Robin, for their lives and how much they poured themselves into us. We thank you for their love for Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for the calling that you've laid on their hearts and Lord, we just are, are so blessed here because so many of us have grown and been discipled uh, through Stan's ministry. And we thank you for Robin, Lord, who's been such a faithful wife and just has been right there with Stan, encouraging him, being with him, and being a part of that ministry. And Lord, we pray that you would touch the lives of the people they're going to come in contact with that you would prepare them and prepare that area for a ministry they have never seen before. And, Laura, we are just as confident that you're going to do mighty and great things there where they're going and that they have not seen their best days. They're going to see them ahead. And we give you that praise and glory. And, Laura, we just thank you for Brent and for Elaine, how much they have been so dear to our hearts, how we've come to love them so much as they have led us through worship. And, Lord, for their creative talents, for their giftedness. Lord, most of all, for their love of you. And, Lord, this is such a unique ministry, uh, being able with the arts to be able to use that means of communication to spread and show the love of our Lord Jesus Christ. And, Father, we pray that you would guide them and direct them, that you would lead them, that their steps would all be guided by you. Lord, that you would open doors the money, and all the things that must come together. Lord, we are trusting you to bring that for, forward. And Lord, we will always have them in our hearts. They will always be a part of Rocky Peak, as Stan and Rob will always be here. And Laura, we're just going to praise you and thank you for all that you're going to do through them. Lord, and now, now we just want to thank you for this church. We thank you, Lord, that we're here not because of ourselves, but because we want to worship and we want to follow you and because we want to grow with you. And so, Lord, we are ready for you. We are ready for you to show us where you want us to go. And we just give you all the praise and all the glory. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Great. You can be seated. Okay, we have one more thing to do before we uh, do the offering and final special music. See, we're going a little long, you probably noticed. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but we figured this is our last shot with them. We didn't want to leave anything out. So, uh, <laughs> why don't you all step up here? Um, just, you know, 
this is going to be the one time we're going we're to make our presentation of our gift to you, okay? So this is the one time you can be genuinely surprised. They don't know it's coming. Tomorrow, again, we have to fake it, all right? So tomorrow, just like look surprised. Yeah, yeah. Say, Jan led the way. So, um, all right. So uh, here's the deal. Now, I was trying to think, you know, I, transitions are so emotionally draining. I mean, when Lynn and I went up here, physically, emotionally, so draining. And so we just want to send these folks off just well-refreshed, um, into uh, their future. And so uh, we want to uh, cover their, uh, their, you know, their, continue their pay for another month or so, whatever. But we also want to give them a gift. And, uh, and here's a gift, is that I just had some friends come back from the Mayan Riviera, which is just south of Cancun. It's, a, uh, a seven, it's called, a place called Aventura. It's a seven-day, all-inclusive, amazing place. And, and, <laughs> yeah. And so we want to send you there with our love. It's an amazing place. So that's on behalf of the elders and all of you. Uh, we just took a vote, a few of us, and said we thought you'd be for it. So uh, anyway, uh, we just, uh, God bless you. It's an amazing place. It's just totally amazing. And so... So, uh, well, so you can uh, be full of life as you go into your new ministry. Awesome. Okay, great. Okay, let's uh, you, yeah, thank him once again. And uh, Pat, I'm going to bring him. Okay. <laughs> wow. Um, we're now at the time in our service where we're going to have our offering. And boy, do we have a lot to thank God for. We have been blessed in so many ways, uh, certainly by the ministry of these wonderful people that we're sending off. And um, we also want to give back to God a portion of what he's given to us financially so that our ministry here, the ministry that they've been so instrumental in, can continue. So if I could ask the ushers to please come forward. And would you pray with me, please? Oh, Lord, our hearts are so full right now. Our eyes are full of tears, but our hearts are full with joy because we see how we have been blessed here at Church at Rocky Peak. Lord, all these gifts, Brent and Elaine, Stan and Robin, come from you. And we know you are a God who never changes. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And our hope rests in you, and our trust is in you in all things. And we thank you, Father. Lord, we want to give our gifts now to you so that your ministry here can continue. And we want to be an amazing part of it, Lord, because you are on the move and we don't want to miss it. And we thank you for what you're doing here through your people, our family, our church. And it's in your son's holy name we pray. Amen. I hope you can join us tomorrow at the picnic. God bless you and good night from the Tonight Show. (laughs) Well, that's going to do it for this week's message. We hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have putting it together. Please visit us at rockypeak.org where you can download more messages or have your questions answered. Remember, you can subscribe to our weekly podcast for free by searching for The Church at Rocky Peak from within the music store in your iTunes software. For Lead Pastor Mike Yearly and everybody up here at the peak, thanks for listening. <laughs>